Hey, welcome to the Prophetic Angle. This is Pastor Rick Bowen, and I want to share with you part five of Prophetic Posture. We're speaking primarily about the events taking place in Israel, the Middle East right now. And a lot is going on. And by the time I get through with this episode, a lot more will have happened. And I hope I made it clear last time when I talked about desolate Jerusalem that Jesus did say, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, he was speaking to the city and I'm sure there's people that heard him, but he was speaking prophetically to the city of Jerusalem and to greater Israel, if you please, but especially to Jerusalem. And curiously, what he said was very interesting because they had already said that uh, about a week prior when he had entered the city in order to be crucified. So he couldn't have been talking about that because that had already happened. He was talking about his second coming. And in order for that to happen, the people have to come back into the land because basically Israel had been desolate. Remember what I told you that Mark Twain said when he took a visit there, and that was, you know, centuries later after um, the Jews had been pretty much run out of the land during the uh, second century A.D., beginning in the first century A.D., but um, especially in the second century A.D., and then from then till uh, the latter 19th century when they, there were a few Jews in the land and a few began to, to go there, but they really didn't begin coming back until the 20th century. And then, of course, became a nation again in 1948. So they got back in the land, long story short. Now, there was a lot of things that made that happen. But it doesn't really matter. The names and uh, documents, proclamations, battles, things that work together to make that happen because the prophecy said that it would happen. So all the details of how it happened, uh, they're interesting, but you don't have to know all that. You just know that, that it did happen. And it's because God said it was going to happen. Now, in the scripture I want to read today, in the book of Amos, chapter 9, and I may point out to you that many of the prophets of the Old Testament, probably all of them actually, but certainly many, would prophesy about, they warn Israel, they'd warn Judah, they'd warn the people of God, they'd warn Jerusalem. If you don't repent, judgment's going to fall. You're going to be scattered. You're going to be overrun. You're going to be plundered. You're going to be captured. You're going to be taken into servitude. You're going to be taken into exile. Over and over and over again because the people were sinful. And of course, there were revivals here and there, and then they would fall back into sin. And the warnings would come from these prophets. And a lot of times the whole book, pretty much the whole book would be the details 
of what was going to happen to them, you know, letting them know that this was going to be severe. But at the end of the book, at the end of the prophecy, almost without exception, hope was given. And usually that hope included one day you're coming back. One day you're going to return. Because, you see, God had made a promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He made a promise. And God's promises are yes and amen. So he's going to fulfill his promise even if he has to temporarily punish his people or wake them up by letting adverse, punitive things happen to them. And by the way, he said he was going to punish the nations that punished Israel. So he would use those pagan nations to punish his people, to try to get their attention, but then he's going to punish those nations for doing that. Yeah, there's some mysteries here, but follow me. But he said one day, according to this scripture, verse 11 of chapter 9, the book of Amos, on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. Now remember, Amos has spent most of his book, and this is the last chapter of Amos, talking about the destruction of Israel. And of course we know Assyria uh, it took captive Israel and Babylon took captive Judah, which were the two nations of Israel that split from the one um, back during after Solomon was king. So Amos says, on that day I'll raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. Now David ruled from Jerusalem, remember, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins, rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. So Amos is prophesying that the Gentiles are going to get in on this during, before it's all over. Now, at that point in time, there were only proselytes. But it sounds like God's going to open up the door and let the Gentiles in some kind of way. It's a mystery right now from Amos's telescopic point of view, but he's prophesying about it. All the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing, let me repeat that. Says the Lord who does this thing. Say it with me. Said the Lord does this thing. Yep. Then he goes on and says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountain shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. Look at that. Now, right now, no, I don't recommend you go right now, but if you were in a tour group in Israel, you would see where the desolate land has been made to produce like this. It's beginning to show how this uh, land that had been left desolate is beginning to become fertile again. And there are reasons for it, explanations for it. I don't want to get into all the details here, but it's amazing the crops and the fruit and so forth that is being raised in Israel right now. A lot of it through irrigation and uh, so forth, but 
this is a fulfillment of prophecy, but the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy will happen later when the house of David is completely restored. Because the son of David, the descendant of David, Jesus Christ is going to come and sit on the throne of David and rule and reign for a thousand years. So this is what this is saying uh, ultimately, but we're already seeing signs of it. And then it says, verse 15, I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up. Now when does that happen? Because they did come back when Cyrus made a decree. They came back. The Samaritans were up in Samaria. You know, they were mixed. The Jews came back from Babylon and they stayed there until Jesus came, even though they were under different empires' auspices. And then, after Jesus ascended and the Acts of the Apostles took place, they were still there. But in 70 AD, Jerusalem was plundered, the temple was destroyed, and by the middle of the second century, around 137 approximately A.D., uh, the final Jewish rebellion, they were scattered. And they have been scattered throughout the earth since then, up until the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century, when they began to sprinkle back in little by little. And then they it was almost a deluge when they started returning after uh, the land was divided by Brit the British and given to the Jewish people to form a homeland, which became independent in 1948. And I may not have said this yet on this particular episode, but Palestine, which the word comes from Philistine or Philistia, um, was in more recent centuries the, the, the borders of it were essentially including what we call Israel now and Jordan. So that was divided into Jordan and Israel. And I'm just making it very simple because it's, it's really complex if you get into it and it's kind of hard to follow, but um, the battle over this land has been uh, vigorous for ever since God said, I'm going to choose this land for my people and I'm going to bring the Messiah here and I'm going to use this land as the navel of the earth and as the time clock for history and eschatology, ever since God decided that, well, then there's been a battle for this land. But anyway, so now... The Palestinians, you could say, are, uh, were in Jordan and in Israel before it became Jordan and Israel. And now the ones in Israel are mostly on the West Bank. Um, they're in Bethlehem. They're in Nazareth. They're in uh, Jericho, because Jericho is in the West Bank, and especially Gaza. And again, I'm making this real simple because we can bog down in 
and all this discussion. But what I think is very interesting is Gaza is basically part of what used to be ancient Philistia, you know, where Goliath came from, you know, um, and his brothers, the Philistines. You know, the Philistines were such a um, severe people, uh, vicious people, that the tribe of Dan, when they got their allotment, when Joshua divided the land for the 12 tribes, and Dan got their allotment, it was just north and adjacent to Philistia. This is interesting because it's coming to me as I speak because they didn't want to stay there right next to what is now Gaza. Actually, it's a little north of that, but Philistia. They didn't want to be there. So they actually migrated to the north and relocated. It's kind of interesting if you think about it. And this is way before there were missiles. There was arrows and spears back then. But anyway, um, so Gaza is part of what used to be Philistia. And Hamas, of course, is the culprit that has uh, perpetrated with Iran's backing this attack upon Israel. And of course, now the attack is coming from all sides, except for maybe the Mediterranean, and maybe even that, but Lebanon, Syria, um, Yemen, which is not bordering Israel, but they even today shot missiles. It wasn't the Yemenis, or uh, it wasn't them, but a, a terrorist group that resides in Yemen has declared war on Israel. <laughs> So you've got terrorist groups, Hezbollah, Hamas. Um, I can't think of the name of the group out of Yemen off the top of my head, but that group and then the one in Syria all trying to get on board this bandwagon and fight against Israel, backed by Iran and others. But the Bible says here, I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up. That has not happened yet, except it is happening now because they're back in the land and they're not going to be pulled up. After Amos said this, they were scattered, they were back, they were pulled up again. So this is being fulfilled now. Even though they're attempting to pull them up, even though they're attempting to push them into the sea, it's not going to happen. Now, the ultimate fulfillment of this is going to be when Yeshua returns. But before he returns, most of the Jews ethnically uh, are not even believing in the Messiah in the first place, but the religious Jewish population that are not Messianic that don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, are looking for the first coming of the Messiah. And that's why they're ripe for the picking for the Antichrist. But once the Antichrist betrays them and, and, and they see who he is, then they're going to call on the uh, return of the real Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. And that's when they'll say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But... 
other than being uh, many of them persecuted and killed during the tribulation and some fleeing into the wilderness, they're not going to be uprooted from the land again because of this last verse. Verse 15 says, I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them. Remember the first episode, sowed, God gave the land, says the Lord, your God. And God be for us, who can be against us? So that's why you should be for Israel. You shouldn't be for sin. You shouldn't be for wrong. You should always be for innocence, no matter where they're from. But when it comes to God's plan and what he's doing and what he's going to do with this nation, you have to be for them. Now, there's some other things I'm going to share with you um, later, but I'm going to have to bring this particular episode to a conclusion and leave a few loose ends untied. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the Christian church that says they believe in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, that they would have the right position, right perspective, that their priorities would be correct. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity for salvation because of the unbelief of the Jewish people in the beginning. And we've been grafted in. And we know that there's going to come a time when the blindness is going to fall from the eyes of the Jewish people. And they're going to say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We thank you for the truth. In Jesus' name, amen.